have a seat, turn to two people and tell them you matter. Tell two people you matter. They need to know. You need to know that you matter to God. You matter to us. Boy, God brought you here for a reason. I'm hoping you believe that today. Like maybe you already said, if this is your first time at Meadows Church, welcome home. You're in for, um, I believe, uh, an incredible experience from God. Uh, I got to start with a question. Sometimes I'll do this. Um, what would you do if all your dreams came true? I know it's exciting to think about, isn't it? If all your dreams, everything you wanted to happen, happened. I mean, first of all, think about what your dreams are. Like, you might want to even write them down or put them right here because I'm going to come back to that at the end of the message. But what are your dreams? And what would you do if they were all realized? Everything happened the way you wanted. Like, the, the, the promotion that you've been waiting for, it, it finally happened. That relationship that you've been seeking, that perfect person, it finally happened. The success with the business, it finally exploded. Right? The, the, the Powerball. Some of you were thinking that. You finally hit it. And you went crazy. And there's always somebody that's going to say, you know, all that money ain't going to make you happy. And my first thought is, you know, I'd like to give it a shot. I mean, I'm just being honest here. I'd like to give it a shot. What would you do if all your dreams came true? I, uh, this isn't a big dream of mine, but a dream was realized at the Gannon household this last weekend. Um, if you don't know it, and uh, the, I'm a Dodgers fan. I have been since as long as I can remember. And the Dodgers, after 32 years, won the World Series this last week. Now, yeah, I mean, it, 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 yes, some of you didn't know that. And if you didn't, we want to pray for you because there's something wrong with you, okay? I mean, come on. So we celebrated like we hit the Powerball or something even better at our house. And I'm not going to torture you with the whole, whole video but I will torture you with about 25 minutes of, or 25 minutes, no, not 25 minutes, 25 seconds of it. So just, uh, this, is, this is the Gannon celebrating a dream that came true in our household. After 32 years. Obviously, we need prayer. Okay, that's the first thing you realize there. <laughs> I'm not worried about the Cowboys winning anytime soon. Trust me. Um, what you, what you, uh, yeah, so, wow, I can't even regain my thoughts after watching that. Jake, my son was more excited than me, and that's saying something. You might be wondering, well, where was my wife Jody and Ava in the celebration? They were there. They just couldn't handle the mosh pit. You know what I'm saying? You, they couldn't get in it. They were watching. They were on the outskirts. But we, we celebrated, and I'll tell you something. It was, it was crazy because it, it was huge for us. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of the drill sergeant of the, the family, and I let Jake stay home from school the next day. Don't tell the teachers, but we, I let him stay home. Ava could have too, but she, she was doing her homework and stuff like that. So we'll celebrate in a different way. But um, what, what really kicked or uh, got to me though is the next day when I went to ESPN and I was gonna look at the highlight of them winning. And the first thing I see when I pull up the sports page or the sports uh, uh, internet page uh, was the headline that said, can they do it again next year? So it was already wondering, can they do it again next year? They're still hungover from partying this year. They're still not done celebrating this year. They're not even like 12 hours from the, the World Series championship. And the, and the headline is, can they do it again? Like, like it's never enough. 
And you hear stories, like you literally hear stories of people that win something like that, people that win the Super Bowl. I had a good friend of mine, or I have a good friend, he, he, they won the state championship in basketball, and it was always their dream. The guy's played basketball since he's probably, you know, five years old. And they wanted his senior year. And he tells me the story how they said, oh, let's go out and celebrate. And he's like, ah, I'm just going to go home. And this is all he'd ever done is play basketball. It's all he ever practiced in the driveway. And he went home, and he literally sat on the edge of his bed and cried. And, he, and I'll never forget him telling me that story because he realized that it isn't what I thought it would be. Like, he was thinking it was going to be something else. He didn't know what, but it wasn't what he thought it would be. It didn't bring him that joy that he was hoping it would bring. It's interesting. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to a dog race. Anybody ever been to a dog race? Greyhounds? Yeah, some of you have. I remember my, my we went in Rapid City, South Dakota. I was just a kid. We went to them, and it was just, it was a hoot. It was fun. But, but if you don't know what, what they are, these greyhounds are racing, but they're not racing each other, okay? They're racing after this mechanical rabbit. Like, there's a rabbit that's attached to the track, a rabbit, you know, and it's, and it go, and it's attached, and it goes around. They set it at probably 96 miles an hour. They run fast. But it's faster than the greyhounds. Like, they can't catch it. But what they're doing is, how they get them to race so hard is they're chasing it. Again, it's not about each other. It's about chasing this rabbit. And I read stories in preparation for this message about rab mechanical failures that happen, power outages that happen, and the rabbit like slows down or stops and they catch the rabbit. And, and, and the, you, you read stories that the greyhounds that catch that rabbit, they'll never race again. Because they know when they, when they get to that rabbit, this isn't nothing I'm going to snack on. This isn't an appetizer. This is, a, this is a facade. This is a fake. This is a lie. And the dog is never the same. And I, and I hear that story and I think, my gosh, what if what we're chasing, what if the dreams that you thought of just earlier in this message, what if it's somehow not what it's supposed to be? Like, what if I'm chasing this, this mechanical rabbit and it's going to leave me blindsided? It's going to leave me empty. What if I'm not even running the right race? I can't get beyond this. You guys, when God gave me the, the series Blindsided, to start about a month ago, we've been in this series. I did not know he was going to park me in a book called Ecclesiastes. It's what I'm going to preach out of today. If you've got a Bible or a mobile app, I, I want you to go there. If you don't have those things, I'd love to give you a Bible for free. love giving them away. We'll put it on the screen in a second. But Ecclesiastes is a book I've read numerous times. I've just never parked there and studied it. I've never parked there and preached out of it. This is the third time now I've gone there. And the reason I can tell you this, I can't get over, I can't get over what God is showing me. I can't get over this king named Solomon who had everything. And as I read through the book of Ecclesiastes, I'm like, he, I'm enamored at where he's at at the end of his life with what he had. So in preparation for today, I'm reading the second chapter, Ecclesiastes 2. And, and Solomon, this king from 3,000 years ago, the first king of Israel, the greatest, the greatest country in the world at this time, the most powerful country, he starts to do what I would say is an experiment in happiness. I want to take you on a journey today. It, it, it's not just any journey today. I want to bring you inside my, my laboratory. I know it's going to get weird, but, but I got to make it official. So um, as we go in my lab, you need to know something. See, I wanted to set up a huge elaborate set. I wanted like a, 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 almost a meth lab up here, like from Breaking Bad. I was going to have Bunsen burners and blowtorches, but Jody thought that wouldn't be a good idea. So I'm not doing that, but I'm telling you, we are going to go and we're going to do an experiment today. 
Because I know that your dream and my dreams, a lot of times, make sure this is on, right? A lot of times, do I look like I'm a scientist? I should. Um, a lot of times they revolve around happiness. I want to be happy. You want to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. But what does that look like? Solomon does an experiment in Ecclesiastes. It's crazy. He starts mixing things together in this experiment. And I'm going to mix them together. We're going to mix them together. It's three things that we chase nonstop. If we're honest, okay? The dreams that you thought about earlier, I bet they involve one of these things. Not necessarily bad that they do. I'm just telling you, it, they probably do. And I'm going to show you what they are. And I'm going to show you what Solomon was chasing. And I'm going to show you what God showed me. It's going to blow you away. So Ecclesiastes 2, verse 1. I won't even get a sentence into this before I put in the first ingredient in our, uh, in our experiment. Solomon says, I said to myself, come on now. Let's try pleasure. Turn to your neighbor and say, let's party. Okay, let's party. We're going to party. So we're going to try pleasure. Kids, it's all about safety. So, all, right. all right. So the first ingredient, this P stands for pleasure. So Solomon literally does this. He puts it in and we come back. Let's look for the good things in life, he says. But I found that this too, what I just put in the, in the experiment in happiness was meaningless. So I said, laughter is kind of silly. What good does it do to seek pleasure? After much thought, Solomon then does what some of you may have done in the year 2020. Solomon says, I decided to cheer myself with wine. Okay? You, I don't know. Anyway, so I decided to cheer myself with wine, more pleasure. And while still seeking wisdom, I clutched at foolishness. In this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people ever find in their brief life in this world. That last, that last verse there, I read it over and over this week. So Solomon is saying that the only happiness that most people in our world that live, the only happen, happiness they ever find is a brief stint with, with, with pleasure. And that's all it ever is. And that's as good as it ever gets for them. And Solomon says it. And we go there all the time if we're honest. Like, like, like sin, I mean, sin can be fun for a season. How many know that sin can be fun for a season? Okay, no one, okay, some, some of you want to admit it. If your hand's not up, you obviously weren't doing it right. I'm just saying, sin can be fun for a season, but only for a season. And at the end, Solomon realized in this experiment for happiness or unhappiness, pleasure couldn't do it. Pleasure could not do it. I will sum up the next few verses for you. Verses four through nine, he says, okay, if pleasure isn't doing it, if wine isn't doing it, if partying's not doing it, Solomon says, I'm gonna try something else because there's gotta be something. And what Solomon does next, he starts to build elaborate homes, huge homes, big homes. I mean, Chip and Joanna, you have nothing on Solomon, okay? He built homes, say, shiplap. Shiplap. I don't even know what that is, but I know it has something to do with building. So they, he had shiplap, and he was building. And not only did he build homes, he built gardens, the Bible says. He built parks, literal parks. He had reservoirs built to feed the gardens and to feed the parks. It was insane. And not to mention, he had many, it says many, beautiful concubines. 
And some of you are like, why did he, why do you have so many combines? No, concubines. They're, it's way different than farm equipment, okay? A concubine is a girl. He had, so he's, he had many things that he was trying to find, this happiness that he desperately seeked. So what, what, what I just read to you, or what I just summarized for you, was the second thing that many people will seek for happiness. The second thing, what I just read to you, is possessions. Say possessions. Possessions go inside the experiment. And we say, if pleasure didn't do it, maybe we'll add some possessions to it. But I'm telling you, I'll tell you what he said at the end of that when he described all these possessions that he had. You know what he said? And I quote, it was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind. It was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind. So pleasure, it's, it, it, it might be fun for a season, but it's fleeting. Possessions. He realized things and money, that was another thing that he accumulated in verses four through nine. He had tons of silver, tons of gold, more than, more than he would ever need. It could buy everything he ever wanted. And he says it's meaningless. So then we can't forget the last thing that Solomon had. This is probably the biggest thing he had. And it's, I would contend it's the biggest thing that you're gonna go after and struggle, even though you might not think so. It is. The third thing, the third ingredient, yeah, that's right, starts with a P because pastors like to make everything start with the same letter for some reason. So P, say power. He had power. He had more power than anybody who ever lived at this time. Again, the greatest king in the greatest country had more power than anybody else, and he puts it in. And this power, the reason I say that we're gonna struggle with it because it manifests in many different ways. Platforms, popularity, Ego, influence, pride. If you missed last week's message, you, you gotta go watch it. It was one of, the, one of the ones I've had the most feedback on. We looked at pride and how we all struggle with it in one way or another. So he has power more than anybody else. And I wrote down, God blessed him. God blessed Solomon. God blessed him with power. He blessed him with influence. But know this, the more that God blesses you, the harder it is to keep that blessing from becoming an idol in your life. Okay, I'm going to say it again. The more that God blesses you in an area, and it could be one of the P's that we just put in here in our little experiment, the more that God blesses you, the more tempted you're going to be to make that an idol. The harder it is to keep it from becoming an idol in your life. This is why, you know what? The biggest cause of emptiness the biggest cause of emptiness isn't failure. It's success. It is. The, the dog running around the track, he's not unhappy when he doesn't catch the rabbit. He'll keep going. He's going to keep partying and going around the track. Where he's crushed is when he catches it, and it's a piece of metal. And, and he's never the same. The, the person that wins the World Series... Well, if they never win it, they're, all, they're, they're never really crushed. I mean, obviously they want to win it. But when you win it and realize that's not what you thought it was, it's a facade, it's a lie, it's a mirage, then, then emptiness sets in. Then you've been blindsided. What was it? So here's what I have found. There's a happiness cycle. As we look for happiness, there's a cycle. I have followed this. I bet you have too, whether you know it or not. It's a cycle that looks like this. It starts with more, say more. So, so 
if you don't know my story, I was addicted to drugs before I ever became a pastor. And the number one word that I believe that comes out of a drug addict's mouth, more, more. Because enough is never enough. And, and, but I never started out to become an addict. That wasn't the goal when I first started to dabble in this endeavor of pleasure. It was just a weekend thing. I'm gonna, I, work, I, 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 I live for the weekend. And it'll just be a weekend thing. I was working for the weekend, right? Everybody's working for the weekend. Spirit of lover boy up in here, huh? You guys, okay, most of you guys are under 30. I get it. Just Google it. So, um, plus I didn't sing it on the right key. So whatever. So, um, I was living for the weekend. But, 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 uh, but that weekend thing wasn't enough. So I needed more. And then I needed more. And then I needed more. See, it's what you might think. It might be in, it might be in a work. It might be in a relationship. It might be with finance. It might be something where, where this isn't enough, so I need more. And when more isn't working, you know what the next step is in this cycle of happiness? I need better. I need better. Like, for me, in my context, if these drugs aren't working like this, I just got to find better drugs. I just got, this quality must not be that good. I got to find better quality. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll get what I want. You might be thinking, you know what? I have a starter home. My friends have nicer homes. I just need a better home. I just need a nicer home. That, that's the story what I need. I just need, I just need to get in a, a better relationship, right? Then I will be happy. More wasn't enough, so then better might be enough. But you find out soon that better is not enough. So then you go to something different. Say different. I gotta have something different. More's not working. Better's not working. I bet different will work. Different will work. So in my context, well, this drug's not working. I'll try a different drug. This way isn't working. I'll try a different way. Maybe in your context, it's going to be, you know what? I, I, need, I need something different. I, I need a different job. I need, the answer is going to be a different hobby. The answer is going to be a different city. I bet if we move from this city to that city, then, then the problems won't be gone. Or will be gone. The problem is your problems are follow you wherever you go. It just seems to work that way. Different isn't the answer. But I need a different spouse. I obviously married the wrong person. Maybe I need to try a different gender. This gender doesn't seem to gel for me. I'll try this gender. And different, so more isn't working. Better isn't working. Different isn't working. And you know where it led me? The circle where it ended? Despair. That's where it ended for me. It ended for me on my knees in my closet, crying out to God, literally screaming at God, begging almost to die, Something that started so good in a weekend thing where I just said more. I just need more. It ends in despair where I don't even want to be alive. You talk about blindsided. Despair. How did it get this way? How did it get that way for Solomon? Solomon loved God at one point. He was a king that honored God. He built God the biggest, most elaborate temple I mean, it's incredible if you read the details of this temple and what it took to put it together. Solomon honored God. That's a temple where they would honor God. They would glorify God. They would worship God. They would sacrifice to God. It was all about God. Solomon was living for the kingdom of God. But something changed in Solomon. And you can see it so clearly when you read Ecclesiastes. When he starts, it's, it becomes more inward focused about him rather than God. I'll say it this way. Everybody is working towards a kingdom. You are and I am, and so is Solomon. And there's only two choices when it comes to the kingdom that we're working for. Two. There's not one and there's not three. There's two. 
The two choices that we have in the kingdom is, well, it's either the kingdom of he or the kingdom of me. There is no other choice. Solomon, there was a shift that took place. It was the kingdom of he. It turned to the kingdom of me. I wrote down, he would, he eventually, he would trade the kingdom of he for the kingdom of me. In other words, Solomon would replace the truth with a lie. Solomon chased the rabbit. He chased the rabbit that he thought would, would fulfill him. It's what he chased. More, better, different. More, better, different. More, better, different. And the devil knows something. If he can get you running this track, running this race, chasing this lie, saying to yourself, more, more, better, better, different, different. You will miss the, you will miss the plan that God had for you. You will miss the purpose why you were created. It's what he does. It's such a smokescreen. Chasing this fake rabbit in pursuit of happiness. The problem with the kingdom of me, of me there's a lot of them. The kingdom of me produces more me. And more me will never satisfy me. It never will. You can have as many possessions as you want. More possessions. More popularity. More platform. More pleasure like we talked about. You can have it all. But it, none of that will ever satisfy you. Why? Because you were not created for the kingdom of me. You were created for the kingdom of he. And his name is Jesus. And only Jesus can satisfy you. And only Jesus can satisfy me. That is it. Solomon couldn't learn a lesson. Why is this guy who ever lived besides the king named Jesus? Nothing in this world will ever satisfy you. Nothing. Last week I shared something. I said this. I said the heart of Christian faith it isn't satisfying yourself. That's the kingdom of me. The heart, is, the heart of Christian faith is dying to yourself. Again, it doesn't fill the seats in the church. I get it. But it is, it is the word of God. And actually, it should fill the seats in the church is what it should do if you understand what it does for you. It's, it's this, it's, you need to understand. When you die to me, something supernatural happens. Let me give you one more scripture. Let's transition from Old Testament before Jesus came to earth as a human. Let's transition to the New Testament and hear the words of Jesus when it comes to dying to self. I could, I could, preach, the, I could preach this scripture out of Matthew. He wrote about it. I could preach it out of Mark. I will. He wrote about it. I could preach this out of uh, Luke. He wrote about it. It's in all of them. Or three of them. For, three out of four. Listen to this. Mark. I'll use Mark 8. King Jesus speaking. If you tried to hang on to your life, to the kingdom of me, you will lose it. Hang on to it. You're going to lose it, Solomon. And he did. But if you give your life up for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. What benefit is it if you gain everything the world offers and lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Well, I can answer that for you. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I wrote it down. When you and I live for the kingdom of he, he will give you a mission that's way bigger than you and way bigger than me. This is what God offers. 
we think dying to yourself is going to be some horrible thing, I would contend it'd be the most glorious thing you could ever do. If you hear nothing else in this message, hear this. The only thing worse than dying to yourself is living for yourself. It's the only thing worse. The only thing worse than dying to self is living for self. I, it was so clear to me after I, after I read Ecclesiastes, I'm like, my gosh, he's searching for everything we search for. He's seeking everything we're seeking. And he had it all. He had all the ingredients. It just didn't add up. It just didn't make sense. It is so crazy. From a worldly point of view, we're like losing ourselves. But from a heavenly point of view, we're finding ourselves. We're finding purpose. We're finding a mission. We're finding life. We're finding ourselves. And by the way, if the life that you're living makes total sense to somebody that doesn't believe what you believe, you're living for the kingdom of me. If the way that you're living makes total sense to somebody that doesn't believe in Jesus, you're living for the kingdom of me. If you're living like most of the world gives, if you're giving or not giving like most of the world gives, you're living for the kingdom of me. The Bible says, do not conform to the patterns of the world. Do not be like the ways of the world. God did not create you to fit in. God created you to stand out. God created you for something different. God created you for more. Say more. More. Not more of what we think is going to give us life. More of what he knows will give us life. This is the difference. This is like when my friends, I hang out with them, hung out with some this summer. And we start, we're talking about all kinds of things. And finance gets brought up and budgets and stuff like that. And what they make for money and all this. And, uh. I tell them, you know, 10% of what I give goes back to God through the church. And my buddy looks at me. My buddy looked at me like I had been smoking weed for like a week straight, you know? And it, it had only been two days, so I don't, I don't get it. I'm kidding. It was one day. I'm kidding. Okay, stop it. So I wasn't smoking weed. But um, he thought, I mean, he would have swore that I was. He goes, you give 10% of your gross income? I said, yeah, and sometimes I give more. And and. and and what's so crazy about that statement and why it was so countercultural to him is because he can't fathom that. And I don't even fault him. He doesn't believe what I believe right now. Because here's the thing. Even when I believe what I believe, I still wasn't doing it. I, I, I always tell people, financially, that's the last thing I would give to God. And maybe you're, maybe you're doing that, and that's great. You should. It's biblical. It's obedient. But I would trust God with my family. I would trust God with my salvation. I would trust God with my children. I would trust God in every area, but not my checkbook. So when that happened, when we finally got to this point where we could return 10% to God, I thought there's no way. And God is showing me it, there's more than a way. And it blows me away. So now to tell you that, I, that actually when I go on the, on the 15th and the last day of the month, every month, to meadows.church and click the give button, it brings me almost more joy than almost anything else. That's insane. That is insane for me to say that. Because if you knew my heart, if you knew how selfish I can still be, it, 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 it's gotta be something other than me. It, that can't be me doing it all alone because that's not my heart. My heart is wicked many days. My heart is selfish. 
My heart is cheap. I'll just be honest with you, right? If you don't believe that, Jody, you've got probably 1,400 stories you could share with them, right? I mean, I'll give you one. If you don't believe how cheap I still can be, when we walk our dog, Rudy, we love Rudy. Rudy, our, our beautiful dog, when we walk Rudy, I will use a Walmart um, plastic bag to pick up his poop. Now, I could buy the, 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 the two-ply nice poop bags for Rudy, but I don't want to spend the $5 for the roll. So I will use the Walmart bags because they're free. Say free. If it's free, it's for. So I'll use those. Guess what? Eight out of ten times, there's a hole in the Walmart bag. So you would think that I would say, you know what? Enough of this. I'm going to buy what the bags that are made for this. But I don't do that. I would rather get poop on my hand than spend $4.99. Now do you believe that I'm cheap? You should. My gosh, it feels good just to confess that to you. Thank you. This is a safe place. Um, I, that's how cheap I am. So, so to tell you that I get joy from tithing or returning 10% back to God, I, I, I love to say I'm bragging about myself, but it, that ain't me. It can't be me. It's got to be God. I have to allow him to do that, but it's dying to self. And I've never been more blessed and I'm not just talking financially. It, it, it's totally, God's, God's, God's world is so countercultural to ours. Do you understand that? Lose your life to gain it? That doesn't make sense, Jesus. He says, I know, but do it. And I will give you a life like you've never, like you've never dreamed or imagined. That's what he says. It's, it's so incredible. L look up here. I, I have looked, take it from your pastor who's made more mistakes probably than anybody in this place. I have looked for happiness in so many areas, Solomon, just like you. Every time I've come up empty, every time I thought the drugs would satisfy, they would leave me dead on the inside. Everything this world offers you, it will leave you empty. But then God comes along and says, empty yourself for me and the sake of the good news, and I will fill you with purpose. I will fill you with joy. I will fill you with life. I will fill you with me. You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. It doesn't make sense, but it's so, when you grasp it and trust him. So you're saying God doesn't care about my happiness then, pastor? No, what I'm saying is, he cares more about you than you, you could possibly know. But it was never about happiness. See, we had the experiment wrong all along. If the goal, if the goal of the experiment, if you got that wrong, everything else will be wrong. See, if your goal is happiness, you'll never be satisfied, I promise you. You know why? Because happiness is temporal. Happiness is conditional. Happiness is based on your happenings. So if something's going good in my life or in my kids or in my family or whatever, I'm happy. If those things aren't going good, I'm not happy. It was never about happiness. It can't be. Happiness is based on happenings. Joy is based on Jesus. Joy is way different. And, I, and I can, I, I've seen it in the lives of people. And it blows me away. I, uh, <laughs> I wrote down happiness as the rabbit. Happiness is chasing the rabbit, but the joy of the Lord is our strength. You, I've seen people be, be in the biggest trial of their lives and have, and have joy. I've walked with families. I've done funerals, many of them. 
And, and, and unfortunately, probably three or four of them have been for, for children. So the, there's really nothing more difficult. And there was this one, this woman, this mom. And I, and I first connect with her after we hear about the passing of her daughter to an illness. And I'm comforting her. And you don't say a lot. That's just a rule of thumb. Just love and hug and pray. But you don't, the less you say, the better. That's just some advice that I hope you'll take because I've learned the hard way there too. So I'm with this woman and she, she says something to me. I, I don't remember verbatim, but she says something like, and this has just happened. It's like fresh. And she says, you know what? I, I praise God that she's with Jesus. And I praise God that someday we'll be together again. And she said it literally with a smile on her face. And I'm like, and I'm a pastor. I get what she's saying. But in that moment, what she's going through, I mean, I can't imagine. And she says that, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It blew me absolutely away. You know, why, you know why she could say that, don't you? Because, because she didn't put her hope, she didn't put her joy in her circumstances, she put it in her Christ. And there's a big difference. And how she did that in that moment is, that's that only God, only God, only God. You never wanna place your hope or your joy in anything that can be taken away from you, by the way. You never want to. It happens all the time. It, it's, I do it, I've done it, and I still do it sometimes. But I'll watch. Uh, maybe your dream, when you thought about it, your dream was for your family to be together and be happy. Not saying that's a bad dream. I'm just saying, I hope that's not all. I hope that's not the whole thing. Because there's a lot of families that aren't happy, and yours might not be either someday, and then your dream is spoiled, and it's over. When I see parents say, oh, my, my, my child is everything to me. My little Jimmy is everything to me. Well, I get it. Little Jimmy is six years old and he's pretty cute right now. But what about when little Jimmy becomes big Jimmy and he's 32 years old and still living in your basement? Then it's, I don't know, that's different. But if you put all your hope in little Jimmy, I mean, it can be taken away. Never put your hope or joy in anything that can be taken away from you. It can all be taken away. And someday, it will be. I don't want to live for this world. I don't want you to live for this world. It's the mistake that so many of us make. Solomon, somebody wise like you, Solomon, you should know better, but he didn't. He sacrificed the kingdom of he for the kingdom of me. That, and if it can happen to Solomon, a guy as smart as him, it can happen to me and it can happen to you. Solomon gave it all up. Solomon, he had everything. I, I wrote down, he died with everything anyone could ever hope for. Anything that this world could offer, he had that and more. Read Ecclesiastes this week. You know what you'll find? He was miserable, lost, like dead. I mean, he had nothing. So, so I did something this week because I'm reading it really slow again. I had to go to the back of Ecclesiastes. Now understand, I'm not a proponent to go to the back of the book. Carissa, if you bought a book and you go straight to the back to read how it ended, you don't know Jesus. I'm just going to say it. I, you don't, I, I, I could never do that. If you let someone tell you the end of a movie and you're going to watch that movie, there's something wrong with you. I don't, I, I, I hate that. But I went to, but, but this isn't as bad for me to go to the back of Ecclesiastes because I've read the book. I know how it ends. I just needed a little refresher. 
So I go to Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14, because I wanted to know what Solomon said last in this book. He said, that's the whole story. That's the whole experiment. Now here's the final conclusion. As I look at my Bunsen burners and my, my, my solutions and my product and what's coming out, here's my final conclusion. Fear God. Revere God. Honor God. Glorify God. That's what he says. And obey his commands. For this is everyone's duty. God will judge us. He will. For everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. Solomon still had his wisdom, didn't he? At the end of the day, he had the head knowledge to know it's about God. It's about honoring God. It's about obeying God, not because God wants something from you. Obey me or else this. Obey me or else that. That ain't the heart of the Father. It's obey me. I love you. Obey me. I have something for you. That's what's the heart of the Father. We get that twisted. Don't let that happen to you. Solomon knew what to do. He wouldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He had too much. Remember? Success. Well, it's an obstacle. Riches are an obstacle. There's a reason that Jesus said it's easier to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich person, by the way, that's us, to get to heaven. Why? Because we're going to be tempted to do this experiment and put in all we know is going to make us happy. Pleasure. Possessions. Power. I want to close by asking you a question. What kingdom are you living for? There's only two choices. You might be tempted like I would have been tempted years ago as I sat in church, believing in Jesus, praying prayers before meals, not living a bad life anymore, but living, I would say, a good life, to say, I'm living for the kingdom of He. But if the dreams that you have in your heart that you thought about revolve around just you or your kids or your family, and that's it, you're living for the kingdom of me. See, Jesus, and you might even say, Jesus, is, he's right, he's at the top of the list. Jesus doesn't want to be on the top of your list. Jesus wants to be the center of your life. That's the difference. He promised you, you so much more than what we even, we sell out for so little. Instead of going all in for so much, we do, I've done it. Don't do that. He promises abundant life. He promises a full life, not based on happiness. Happiness is fleeting. That's what we're learning. Pleasure is fleeting. Possessions are fleeting. Power is fleeting. But joy, say joy. Shout joy. But joy is forever. Jesus is forever. He is our hope. He is our strength. He is our salvation. He is everything. What kingdom are you living for? Most of my life I live for the kingdom of me. Some days I still live for the kingdom of me. But on the days that are my best days, I surrender my kingdom for his. And those are the days when I see the glory of God in my life and the lives of others around me like I've never seen before. The kingdom of me would never have me in Omaha. 
The kingdom of meadows wouldn't exist if I would have stayed true to the kingdom of me. His plans are so much better. I wrote something else down that I believe God wants you to know. The joy, say joy, remember? The joy of your present, your, the joy of your today, depends on the security of your future. God showed me that. The joy of today depends on the security of your future. I, I've never seen the world freak out as much as we freaked out. I bet there's people a lot older than me that could say the same thing. And I wonder, I wonder what their security is based on, what their future is based on. I, I, I freak out some days too. I'm not perfect. But my biggest fear, I'll just, I'll tell you straight, you know me. My biggest fear, it, it isn't COVID. I'll tell you that. My biggest fear isn't somebody dying from COVID. My biggest fear is somebody dying without Christ. That's my biggest fear. Is COVID real? Yeah. Is it, is it a serious thing? Sure. This world isn't my home though. So I don't live in fear. I live responsibly. I want to live smart. I want to follow guidelines that are out there. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying I've never seen the world so freaked out. The joy of your present depends on the security of your future. Gain the whole world and lose your soul. Living for the kingdom of he begins when you and I are alive in Christ. This is where it starts. Jesus. When he is the center of who you are, not the top of your list, but the center of your life, when he is that, it will change you. I promise you it will. You will see, you will see things differently. You will not freak out like most of the world freaks out. Remember, you weren't created to be like the world. You don't want to follow the world, okay? You don't. They have no idea where they're going, Carissa. Why would you follow that, okay? I'm just being honest with you. God has created you to be a leader. He's created you for more. The gospel of Jesus Christ, I hope you're okay if I give it to you. And even if you're not, I don't care. I'm going to give it to you. The gospel of Jesus is what my faith is anchored in. And the reason I can have joy in crazy, crazy situations like 2020 is because I know a king named Jesus who, who literally went to a cross for you and for me. A king named Jesus who saw my messed up, screwed up, jacked up decisions and yours too, knows them all and said, I need to intervene. I love her and I love him and I need to go. Father, I need to go. And the father's like, I know. And Jesus goes. And he lives a, a, lives a sinless, spotless life on earth. Why? Because we can't do it. And something has to cover our sins. Something's got to take the sin away. I wouldn't be a pastor if it wasn't for Jesus. I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have my life if it wasn't for Jesus. Trust me, I would not be here. Jesus Christ went to a cross. This is a true story, by the way, if you're wondering. He went to a cross, died on it. I won't go into all the details. We don't have the time. You should read about it in the Gospels. It is incredible. What, what, what that man, that God would go to for, for me and for you. It is incredible. And he says, he says, if you call on my name, because I am the son of God, I will save you. I will set you free. I will insert my Holy Spirit in you and you will no longer want to live like the world. Oh, you'll still mess it up some days. You'll still go back a little bit here and there and not get it all right, but you'll, you'll, I'll be in you. You'll be different. I promise you, you can't meet Jesus and not change. That is impossible. If you have not changed in the last year and you know Christ, 
there's a good chance you don't know him. I've been there too. So Jesus dead on a cross, gets put in a tomb, doesn't stay there. This is where it gets real crazy. So three days later, they go to look for the body. They're going to anoint it because he's dead, but he ain't dead anymore. The Bible says that the, the tomb was rolled away. The rock was rolled away. The women go to the tomb. And Jesus Christ isn't laying there anymore. But instead, Jesus Christ is alive. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. That's what my security is based in. That's what I, that's the lens I look through. That's the lens that you need to look through. That lens will give you this. This. Jesus equals joy. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you've never surrendered to that fully, wholeheartedly, all in, today is your day. Watching online, I tell you every week, I'll never stop telling you, surrender to it today. You type, I choose Jesus. Type it in comments. Text it to 474747. Text it. We will walk with you. We will love you. It's the greatest decision. But it's just the beginning. It is just the beginning. You have cards you can fill out here. We want you to know the King. We want you to live for Him. The world is short. The world is fleeting. Life is short. Don't be like Solomon. You know what Solomon got at the end of the day, by the way? Yeah. Fake. It's not real. You're chasing the wrong things. What are you chasing? Don't chase that anymore. God has so much more than a fake rabbit for you. He has so much more than the life that we think is gonna bring us happiness. God says, you are under cutting my power and my love. I have so much more. So I don't, you don't need to freak out anymore when you have Christ. You won't worry about what Jesus is going to do for me. What's God going to do? Solomon, it was all about you, wasn't it? How am I going to have pleasure? How am I going to have power? How am I going to have possession? It was all about Solomon. But when you have faith in Christ, it changes everything. See, my faith, it doesn't rest on what Jesus is going to do for me. It rests on what Jesus has already done for me. It happened at the cross. It happened at Calvary. And it happened at the tomb. The tomb's empty, Carissa. It's empty. It's okay to shout about it. It's so good. We have an election coming up. Yep. Should you vote? Yep. I'm going to vote. Yep. But I, I, can't, I can't fathom how somebody could get so engrossed that they would spend the majority of their day fighting with people they don't know about something that is temporal. Okay? I'm not negligent. You should vote. I'll never stop telling you that. But I don't become paralyzed by it. Like the next day, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever they got them tallied up, if, if the person I voted for didn't win, I'm not going to like flop down in the fetal position, call in for three days. I ain't going to do that. You know why? Because my hope was never in them in the first place. My hope is not in some freaking elephant or donkey. My hope is in a lion and a lamb named Jesus Christ. That's where your hope should be. Give him some praise. I said give him some praise. What does Jesus want different in your life? What do you want different in your life? It's available today. It's available today. 
Surrender your life to Jesus. Stop chasing the things of the world. If your dreams revolved around one of the three Ps, God's got a new dream for you today. God's got a new dream for you today. Step into it. You got notes, write it down. You got a phone, type it in. What does God want to be different in my life? I wrote down, prayerfully consider the question, ask God with honesty and sincerity. I'm begging you, ask him. The Lord loves you. He knows all you've done and he created you anyway. He knows all the things you're still going to do. And he went to the cross for you anyway. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. I pray that after we worship in song and the prayer team comes up and the prayer team's back there in the prayer room, I pray that you will flood the stage and let someone pray with you and for you. I'll never stop telling you, don't come to the house of the Lord and leave without someone praying for you. I'm not asking if you need prayer. I know you do. I know I do. Don't, don't let the enemy talk you out of what God has for you. Let me pray for you. Oh, Father, man. Solomon, a king of a great nation, a nation, God, that, that, that you truly set apart. But yet, if he can get it wrong in all his wisdom, and everything that you blessed him with, God, I know we can get it wrong. And God, I'll be straight with you. You already know this. Most of my life, I got it wrong. And some days I still get it wrong. And I wonder if there's other people here and other people watching online that feel the same way. That we keep getting it wrong. We keep messing up. And I can't help but think, God, is that why they're tuned in? Is that why they're in the house? Because you want to give them a word? You want to give them, um, you want to give them a solution. You want to give them the answer to the experiment. You want to give them an A plus on the exam saying, you know what? The goal was never to be happy. The goal was to be holy. The goal was to have joy and joy is centered on Christ. Father, continually speak to us throughout today. Continually do what only you can do. We love you. We thank you for Jesus. Apart from him, there is no happiness. There is no joy there is nothing but in Christ in him oh father you're just getting started because the best is yet to come in Jesus name I pray and we all say amen hey thanks so much for watching today but don't stop there we want to invite you to be part of our Meadows family follow us on Facebook and Instagram subscribe to our Meadows YouTube channel that way you don't miss a single video update or message and not only that share this message with a friend I encourage you so many people are looking for hope and encouragement and you and I have the ability to bring it to them so again thanks for watching and God bless you